Hey, what is up, you guys? It's your host, Kelly Fincannon. Super happy to be doing this today, just sharing my thoughts, sharing what's on my heart, sharing what's on my mind. Um, In case you listened to the last episode, I just wanted to clear up if there might be any confusion because sometimes in the last couple episodes, I would refer to this podcast as Embracing Conviction, but it's not, the whole podcast is not actually named Embracing Conviction as I originally had thought that it might be. I did a little change up. It's actually Embracing the Deep, but I did at one point refer to it as Embracing Conviction, but I just had a change of heart because I feel like life is so much deeper and so much more intricate than just embracing our convictions. So after I did that that one initial episode, I was like, yeah, this is probably good on, on this portion of conviction, right? I can move on to other deep things that we all experience in life. And so that's why I went with Embracing the Deep. But yeah, if you haven't had a chance, I encourage you to check out Embracing Conviction, especially if that's something that you feel like um, you're interested in knowing more about or maybe something that you think you might be dealing with. And um, and then I sit down with a, a good friend of mine and we really just have this conversation about what conviction has been for each of us and, and how we navigate it and how we like declare victory over it, right? So it was it was a good time. It was fun and interesting. So yeah, but today I am coming to you with a topic that I feel like a lot of us can really relate to. We might just not necessarily realize it yet. Because it took me a minute to realize, oh, this is this is what's happening. So, um, yeah, it's today I really want to talk about embracing our day-to-day life and living our best day-to-day life. So I'm just going to call it embracing the day-to-day. Because I, I think what happens, this is what happened to me. So I know that I'm not alone in this. This is what I'm starting to realize. And really the reason that I made a podcast is because I have these thoughts and a lot of times I end up thinking that I'm the only one or I'm so alone in them. And that's a pretty naive way of thinking is what I came to figure out for myself. So I'm just going to share what it is I face. And I think um, that a lot of you can relate. What it is I face is that I will have a lot of hope for my future. Like, I get really excited about my future. I I get excited to look at where my life is going to be in, in five to ten years and um, the goals that I'm going to accomplish and and the way that my life is going to look. And I, I know that I'm going to have a good future, and I, I get excited about that. Um, but what's so strange is that even given that I know that my future looks promising, I have a hard time in my day-to-day life. And I know that this is a struggle for a lot because there's just so much going on in our culture with like a mental health conundrum. So I know I'm not the only one. And I think that's a big part of it is I get so hopeless in my day-to-day life, full of depression, anxiety, frustration, irritability, unfulfillment. And these are some of the things that I really face like in an average day, which is just so odd when you consider like when anyone were to ask me about my future, I'm I'm excited about it, right? So I'm just going to give a little, um, a little snippet of what that looks like for me, like maybe give a little bit of my personal story, personal story. And um, then I kind of want to just talk about some ways that I have combat- combated that, 
right? How I've kind of fought against it because we're not meant to only have a great future. Like, no, we are not people here that are just supposed to sit here and be waiting around for our future. Like we have a life to live today. And um, I love, I was thinking about this topic and I really had it on my heart to share. And then I just so happened to listen to a podcast that Rachel Hollis put out and she put it this way. Um, like as people, we, we set these goals and we set them for a time in our future. And then it's like, we negate the process like we're not gonna we can't set a goal and live that today like that's why it's a goal that's why it's going to be in the future and so we get so lost in this process and and how she put it was yeah but that's your life like you are if you set a goal and you're just only looking forward to that goal and like to be happy you have to have that goal like you're missing your life and I totally agree with that and it's just funny that I was thinking of this topic and then I listened to that and so it's really helping me to put into perspective for you guys how I think that we can combat that and really live our best day-to-day life. So so here's how this kind of looks like for me, right? Um, I, I have a great life, right? And I think this is the part that gets twisted. It's like, oh, I have a great life. I'm supposed to be happy. But I'll get, I'll get more into that in just a second. But yeah, so I have a great life. Um, I am married to an absolute dreamboat. His name's Garrett. You'll hear me talk about him a lot. We have two beautiful girls together. And seriously, you guys, they like radiate sunshine. Like in every just bouncy step that they take and and song that they sing, they just radiate love and sunshine. I just love it. Um, I graduated college after discovering God's call in my life to be a teacher. And now I teach like the best fifth graders in existence. You could argue that or you could just let me live in this amazing bubble of greatness please and thank you (laughs) um but i'm actually on summer break which is amazing what up um also garrett and i we own a home that we love like we have a dog we have a cat we live close to the majority of all of our family like we're like living the american dream we're young we're healthy we're vibrant so it seems fantastic and by all, all assumptions of a great life like we're well on our way or i'm well on my way so So that's, I mean, why am I telling you this? Because it's obviously not to brag. Because for years, I've just felt so guilty that I have all these great things in my life, things that I would even consider a blessing, right? But still, I struggle with my mental health and and feeling unfulfilled. Um, Like, I have all these great things, but then there's times where I'm like doing the dishes or like, doing laundry, like doing chores, like with just bitterness, like hating every second of it. And like resentment, like dealing with resentment as I scrub these dishes, like, I don't know who put these in the sink. Don't even put it in the right side of the sink and yada, yada, yada. And like, then like, I'll, it'll just take me down this path in my mind of, of, ugh bitterness and resentment and and not a good feeling like and then I'll like yell at those sweethearted girls I'm just telling you about because oh they interrupted those all-consuming thoughts can't you think can't you see girls I'm sitting here thinking of all these horrible things and you're interrupting it like (laughs) or I've like parented from the couch just exhausted consumed and bored like all at the same time and and then like then I've resorted to drinking which I talk about in the last podcast and and because I mean what else is there to do and then it leaves you just feeling even more hopeless so so even with all the blessings that I have and all the blessings that make me who I am um I felt like all of it's meaningless and boring and tiresome and 
And I know that I'm not alone in this, and that's why I really wanted to bring it to the forefront. I think another thing that's crazy is when I'm out and about, like say at church or like at work, I'm genuinely like in a great mood. Like I enjoy being around people. I enjoy um, conversations with people. And and so everything's like seems fine when I'm out and about, which I don't want to say that I'm putting on a show because I'm not. I do genuinely thrive off like the energy of other people. But but then to go home and like go from being around people at church or at school or out in the community and like having a great time and then to go home and just feel like absolutely no joy, like it's not supposed to be that way, right? But it's not supposed to be that way. But what's sad is like I had decided in my mind that this is how life is. Like, oh, well, dishes and chores is life and and working a job that literally drains every ounce of my emotional energy. Well, that's life. And and spending Saturdays alone because my husband has to work and like having to do everything alone, like parenting and cleaning and uh, meals and, and all that and waiting on my kids hand and foot, it's life. So I really had just better get over it. I better get used to it. Like, okay, I have a great time when I'm at work or at church or hanging out with my friends and that's great. And then I come home and I'm hating life and whatever. I I need to get over it. I can't, you know, that's how I would think. I just need to get over it. I need to find a way to just be happy, even though these things at home, like, are annoying or I'm irritated or I'm frustrated. Well, frustrated. Well, if I don't just get over it and just learn how to be happy, I'm never going to be happy, right? So then I would feel like I'm not normal because, well, I can't seem to get happy. Like, I just need to do it. I just need to get happy. Like, it's not that hard. But then I, it, and then it's just this, oh this weight it's like then you feel bad because you're not and we just can't figure it out right um but the thing is like it's not supposed to be that way right it's not normal it's not normal to like hate your daily life or to feel so overwhelmed constantly or like irritated and and hating life like that's not normal um even though all the things that we have to face in life are normal that's true like that's what would make me feel so bad is doing things that are supposed to be normal but hating it but it doesn't have to be that way and and so how can we enjoy our life today despite all these things that we always have going on around us the busyness of it all the the chores the work the kids the you know the dishes oh my gosh like I just hate laundry so much as you can probably tell (laughs) but like so how can we enjoy our life today well I want to give you like three practical steps that have really helped me immensely. Um, Even over just the span of a few short weeks, like they have really helped. Um, Yeah, and I'm not really sure whether to call them steps or like habits or I don't know, things. They just kind of mesh together. But but then I want to um, to kind of share those with you. And then we're going to dive into a deep conversation with the one and only Lisa Goins, author of Courageously Uncomfortable to really get her perspective on living your best life today, not just the future, today. Um, And, okay, so let's get into these habits. But just like your body doesn't instantly feel better with, like, one bite of kale, (laughs) you're going to have to be consistent. But naturally, the results really are just so worth it. You know, to go from being in a constant state of what I was talking about earlier, irritation, anxiety, sadness, depression, hopelessness, So going from that to like living your best life each and every day, it's worth it, right? So, so these, these steps aren't necessarily steps or habits, whatever you want to call them, aren't necessarily like things that are going to make you feel super comfortable, 
Um, and that's why I love this because Lisa wrote a book called Courageously Uncomfortable. And, you know, we have to sometimes do what's uncomfortable, but it gets us to the spot where we get to live our dream life, you guys. So let me just dive right into these kind of steps, the things that have helped me. Um, the first one is mentorship. So talking to somebody that takes the position of a mentor. Um, I was talking with my sister a few weeks ago, maybe a couple, well, maybe not that long ago. Um, anyways, and I was kind of just sharing with her the things that were kind of on my heart to share in this episode. And so I was telling her about this first one, like mentorship. I think it's really important. And she's like, yeah, but, um, you know, we can't all always have that. Can't we just like use a close friend or something? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. And she's like, yeah, but it's just, it's kind of weird. Yes, yes, it's weird. It might feel weird. Um, but a mentor is so much deeper than just a close friend and we need those too like we need our close friends like and lisa talks about that in her book too sticky people like we need those people who are going to stick by us as a friend ups and downs thick and thick and thin like no matter what but this is just a little bit different right so i think it's super important to find a mentor somebody who's been through the ringer been there done that has advice to give you has guidance to give you um somebody who can just be that support because I think um, we get in this spot in our life where really all we need, you guys, is just this encouragement that we're doing all right. Like the things that we're facing, like they've been faced before. We're not alone in it. And to just be able to get all that gunk that's like stuck in your mind that that, you know, like me, that I sit there and do the dishes and all I do is think about all the the gunk and the junk and the bad stuff, but then it just sits and festers there because thinking about it isn't really doing anything. But if I were to get with my mentor and just share like what's on my heart and what's on my mind and then to be able to, to walk through it with somebody who has some life experience, right? I think that's super important um, to be able to to get that off our chest and then for them to just remind I think this is the big this is the big thing about a mentor is just that they can remind us that we're great like I know that sounds so cheesy but we do we have to be reminded that we have a lot going for us like I have a lot going for me I have here's what I love about you and for a mentor to just sit down and be like here's what I love about you here's where you excel these are things that you're really great in um and then, and then to, you know, be able to share my struggle with that and for them to, to just have really great advice to go along with it. I think it's really important and I think it's deeper than just a friend. And I know, like, it can be hard to maybe figure out where do I find a mentor? Where do I get a mentor? And I know that that can be tricky. Um, but I'll say this. The first thing that I would think of in, like, your search for a mentor is is that person going to speak life into you because i think it's more than just oh here's what you can yeah i've been through that here's what you can do better try this but also like will they speak life into you will they speak like such life over you that those places that were kind of dark inside of you begin to like light up like the things that need to be lit up right are they going to speak life into you and i mean i can't necessarily tell you exactly where to find that um 
for me, I found it at my home church, um, you know, going to a church and and being around wonderful women and and then being involved in groups. Like, I would really encourage you to be involved in some sort of group. Like, I don't know, it doesn't have to be church. It could be anything in your community and, and just getting to know the women there. And um, that can help find a mentor. Maybe it's somewhere, maybe at work, maybe you work somewhere and there's just someone that you really look up to at work. And, and this is the part where it takes courage, right? Because you're going to have to ask that person. <laughs> you're going to have to put yourself out there. And that's the part that people are like, I think that's why my sister's like, eh, it's not really necessary, is it? No, it is. And you're going to have to put yourself out there. That's the part that people, you know, want to think, oh, I don't really need that because it requires putting yourself out there. But don't let the fact that you have to be uncomfortable and put yourself out there stop you from from doing something that's going to help you to live your absolute best day-to-day life, right? This is what this is all about is is getting into the habit of doing something that's going to help you live your best day-to-day life and finding a mentor, somebody that you can talk to is going to help you to live your best day-to-day life. So yeah, um, church, maybe it's someone at work that you look up to. Maybe it's just somebody that's been a close family friend for a long time that you've known for a long time. Maybe your mom is someone you can talk to. Um, I know that's not <laughs> realistic for most people. I think a lot of times we need a different perspective but but maybe that's better than talking to nobody you know um maybe oh yeah I don't know maybe just someone in your community that you've had some sort of connection with them but yeah reach out to that person like text them like it doesn't have to be super like official or formal or like I know sometimes I'll worry about like oh I need to do it face to face whatever like no just be yourself just Facebook message them or text them or maybe it is you see them enough to be like hey is it okay if we just meet up and get some coffee like over the next few weeks a couple of times I I just I need some guidance I need a mentor I need I look up to you like letting them know like you're somebody that I look up to and that I think that could really help me in this journey called life is it okay if I talk with you and you guys they're not gonna say no Like, I really doubt that they're going to look at you and say, "Mm, sorry, you know, like, I can't wait till I'm in a spot or, or, you know what we can, I am in a spot. Maybe I could be a mentor. Hey, if you're listening to this and you need a mentor, hit me up, (laughs) Facebook message me, call me. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I think that think of you, if somebody asked you, somebody younger than you, somebody who needed, you know, a shoulder, would you say no? Probably not. So they're not going to say no, but but yeah, involves putting yourself out there and um, being honest with yourself and being honest with your needs and being honest with the fact that you have a lot going on in your heart and your mind that you need to sit down and and share with somebody, share with somebody who can can speak to that and can speak life to it and speak light to the darkness, you know. I hope that made sense. I kind of feel like I went on a bit of a ramble, but... <laughs> Uh, what you should take away from that is number one, find a mentor, find someone you look up to, find someone who you can trust and and really just do the uncomfortable thing of of laying it all out there for him. Um, the second thing I think that we should really get in the habit of to live our absolute best day-to-day life is really getting into the habit of reading or listening to something, a podcast, whatever for the purpose of inspiration, right? I have just so noticed like that if there's no inspiration in my heart, that there's not gonna be like hope for my day, right? So 
let's just say after you've talked with somebody like a mentor or maybe you can do this step first I guess it really doesn't matter um but oh hold on just a second okay Lisa's on her way here right now (laughs) yay um Okay, let me just back up. Reading or listening for the purpose of inspiration. So I think this is important because, you know, I I guess this is why I put it as like a second step to the mentorship is because you start to get those those thoughts off of your heart, off of your mind. It starts to all flow together and make sense. And then it's like, oh, you can start to pinpoint areas that you want to grow in, right? And maybe you can do that without talking to somebody. I personally couldn't. I didn't even know because it was just all so inside of me in one big clump that there was no way to know what areas I wanted to grow in until I sat down with somebody and and was able to share my thoughts and everything. But finding something that you want to grow in, whether that's mental health, physical health, spiritual growth, balancing motherhood, you know, um, fighting addiction, surviving family dysfunction, abusive relationships, maybe it's graduating college, whatever it is, whatever there, wherever there's an area that you want to grow in, find something, someone, an author, a podcaster, a book series, a sermon series, a pastor, something that really resonates with you in that area and learn about it. Learn about it and learn how to grow. Let that, you know, book or podcast or whatever it is, let that be um, your teacher right? Let that be, wait, we don't always have to recreate the wheel. Okay. So let them speak into that. And, and as you do that, I think we'll start to even learn even more about ourselves, right? So you'll learn more about yourself. I'll learn more about, about myself. Um, what makes me tick? Like what are the deepest parts of myself? Um, how does my mind operate? What truly awakens me, you know? And, and then as, you continue to listen and you continue to to learn from it then it just extends right it just becomes it's like then you want to learn more and more and more and and that's why I think it's important to pick a topic that you truly want to grow in or pick an area that you really want to grow in a topic that really interests you genuinely because you're going to have to have a lot of interest in it and you're going to have to have a lot of motivation to let this be something that you you make a habit and that you do daily, right? Because if you pick something that you're like, eh, you know, listening to that every day, day in and day out is not gonna like do much, right? And and even if you are super interested in it, and even if it is something that you truly wanna grow in, even then it can be challenging to do it day in and day out. Um, but we just gotta do that. We gotta um, find something that we can um, resonate with so that we can learn and grow from it, grow from it, and then really take action with it. I think this is an important step, um, making sure that, you know, if you're reading a book and it asks you to stop and write some things down, write it. If you're listening to somebody and they ask you to close your eyes and picture this or that, or do this with your mind, like do it, you know, like do what it's, what it's attention that it's asking you to do. Um, if there's like, if you're reading a book and maybe it's courageously uncomfortable, Lisa's book, and, and at the end of every chapter, it has like these questions for you to reflect on, like do it. That's what's going to help you to grow is, is taking that action and practicing it daily. So some examples for me, something that really helped me was, um, or people that helped me, Rachel Hollis, 
I talk a lot about her. Um, Judah Smith is a big one for me. Lisa Goins, who we get to talk to today and talk about her book today. Um, So whatever content they put out, like I soak it up. Like if Rachel Hollis puts out a new podcast, I soak it up. If Judah Smith puts a new sermon on YouTube, like I'm watching it. If Lisa does a Facebook Live, like I am watching it, right? Like get in the habit of, of latching on to, to the things that you want to learn and grow in. Um, and then the last thing I put, number three. So number one, mentorship. Find someone to talk to. Number two, read or listen. Get inspired. Okay? Inspire yourself by listening to other people. And then number three, which is this is such a, an interesting thing to talk about. And, and that's finding a new purpose for your life and pursuing it. And I really do feel like this is like a key to just an exciting, interesting, fulfilling, like peaceful day-to-day life. Um, I thought about putting it first because the other two, you know, mentorship and and listening for inspiration don't really make that much of a difference without this one. But then again, experiencing the benefits of mentorship or or learning about areas you want to grow yourself in are great ways to really find a new purpose. So um, it's... (sighs) This is such a tough step to bring guidance to because it's just so circumstantial. Um, There's never one way to find a new purpose. I mean, what does that even mean, right? Like, I'm just supposed to wake up one day with an epiphany and be like, oh, yes, wonderful. This is my new purpose. Whoop, time to get on it. Like, (laughs) I, I do not think that's how it works. So I just don't really have a completely logical answer on, you know, how to find a new purpose, a new purpose. I do have my personal experience however um so this is kind of what happened to me and kind of how i found a way to find a new purpose um so i graduated college in in 2018 college was far from easy for me i mean I, i know it's not for anybody but what made my experience especially challenging was i went back to a university to get my degree later in life I was already married. I already had my one-year-old daughter, Rella. Halfway through it, my husband and I had another baby, my sweet Remy, Remy Lynn. Um, So for five years, I went to college with a family, (laughs) with two daughters, with a husband. I had to balance it all. I had to do homework, dinners, tutoring, bath and bedtime, group projects, um, uh, school, pick up and drop off. those late classes that they make you take there's only one class and it's always the 7 30 to like 9 30 oh I despised those classes while I had a family um play dates meetings with my professors making time for my husband like really the list could go on I mean I did have help from my husband and family I had support so that was good but it was still super challenging but the thing is I grew I grew accustomed to that life I really learned to thrive in the chaos like um just for so long, my purpose was start another semester, learn and engage in those classes, um, balance it all, do that whole war of balancing everything, and then do it all again. Like, that was my purpose. And so suddenly, you guys, when I graduated in 2018, like, my purpose was over. I know that's like sounds harsh, but, but it was. And I think the reason that is is because there's a difference between, like, a purpose and a calling right? Even though my calling is to be a teacher, but my purpose for so long was just to make it through college, just survive, graduate, get a job, you know, and oh, done, did it. So now what? So then I I went on, you know, I became a teacher 
started teaching in August 2018 and I just wasn't in a good headspace you guys like and I really look back in retrospect and think like I had to create a new purpose and I think it's crazy to to think yeah but you have a classroom of 25 students how is that <laughs> how is that not your new purpose I don't know like I don't have an answer for that because it just I it wasn't the purpose that I needed I, I needed a purpose for me right um and as crazy as it sounds like my job just wasn't that like that's my calling my calling is to be a teacher and I love it and I love my kids and my job but like it just wasn't my purpose I needed a new purpose and and really how I found that was kind of the above too like mentorship and and learning in areas that I wanted to grow in and and you know um it really helped me because without that purpose you guys are sitting on my couch like drinking wine and like <laughs> every night and like wondering why I felt so blah and ugh and ugh and Lisa has a chapter in her book called um look out for blah I think it's what it's called and and we'll probably get into that a little bit too um but so that's my story and kind of how I think we can get confused that like oh your purpose is supposed to be your job your purpose is supposed to be your classroom full of 25 kids your purpose is supposed to be your husband and your kids and then we wonder why we're so trapped in this mental health unhealthy mental health state of mind and I think it's because we think that that's like supposed to be our purpose it's supposed to be enough and we try to make it enough but it's not enough it's just not um and that's not selfish and it's not bad to say like we have to find a purpose that's gonna that's gonna do it for us and and I can't necessarily tell you how to do that. Maybe I'll have a another podcast episode where I can maybe, you know, dive deeper into myself and figure out how to help you guys with that if that's something that you're interested in. But but until then, just know that that is an important thing to do. It, it's important to to make sure you have a purpose um, and and be working towards that. So um, yeah, you know what? With that being said. With those three steps, the again, we're talking about living our absolute best day-to-day -day life. And I am speaking from personal experience of having great um, vision for my future, but just not having any sort of hope for my day-to-day -day life. And, and how I found my hope for my day-to-day -day life is finding a new purpose, finding something I'm meant to do, um, making sure that I am on a hunt, on the hunt for personal growth through reading and through listening to podcasts and sermons and, and people with experience on the topic that I want to grow in and then and mentorship and making sure that you put yourself out there enough to just say, listen, I need somebody to talk to and I need, um, I need somebody who's has this experience to just sit with me, talk with me, and, and walk through life with me. So, yes. So excited to be here. I'm so excited. Okay, so let me just introduce her a little bit. Lisa Goins is a wife, a mom. I listed those first because I think they're the most important. Yes. She is um, a pastor. She refers to herself as a pastor's wife, but I really just, she's just my pastor. I love it. And um, motivational speaker and author of 
courageously uncomfortable, which I have with me today. Um, and yeah, since that's Lisa Goins, I'll just kind of real quick explain what courageously uncomfortable was from my perspective. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to share from your perspective what courageously uncomfortable is. So yeah, courageously uncomfortable was a great book. I loved reading it. It was a an easy, quick read, which it was really necessary for my time in life. So I appreciated that. <laughs> and it was monumental, like life-changing. So I loved that it was such an easy read and life-changing. So what it's about is how we have to take these uncomfortable steps in our life, which takes courage. So we have to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations to live courageously. And I'm relating that to living your best day-to-day life. Um, And she does it through this lens of five women from the Bible who had to be so courageous and put themselves in super uncomfortable positions in order to do what they knew like in their hearts was being impressed on them to do. And they had a choice. They could have gone the easy route, which is like we could do. We could take the easy route or we could do what we know we need to do, but that is going to be really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So that is what um, courageously uncomfortable was about for me and um and real quick and then I'll let you say it from your perspective but how I think that that relates so well to the topic that I'm kind of wanting to share right now in living your best day-to-day life is um and I just shared like three things that I think that we can do to live our best day-to-day day-to-day life which is um mentorship I think is really important Mm -hmm. and you mentioned that and courageously uncomfortable um and like getting sticky with people and, and putting yourselves out there. Mm-hmm. And then um, another thing is like, um, oh, no, my mind's going blank. Um, hold on. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to just. It'll come back my, to you yeah, in a second. You'll my, have to say, stop, the, Lisa, I remember. <laughs> just let my mind breathe. <laughs> so, you know what? Let's just dive into. Why don't you tell us from your perspective, like what was your inspiration for writing Courageously Uncomfortable? Why was this such a topic on your heart? This, you know, this topic was because being the need to be comfortable was the defining emotion of my life. (laughs) Everything that I thought I could do or couldn't do or wanted to try was framed of, am I going to be uncomfortable if I try this? Well, I'm, it's, I'm probably not cut out for it. And then mm. it, that was everything. That was from, I, I always took the easy way out. Anything that kept me comfortable and I was just afraid to try. Even when my kids were little, it was evident by the corn dogs I put in the oven because it was too uncomfortable <laughs> to learn how to cook. I didn't think I could be any good at it. And so, um, but I realized when this book was coming about and coming to fruition, it was because God was just beginning to show me that I would, experience the bare minimum in this life if I always had a need to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at the Bible, like you mentioned the women that are in there and Mm -hmm. all the stories of men and just courage in general, none of those people got to keep comfortable on the table before they Mm -hmm. did anything at all. And so, so it was just that, okay, Lisa, you're a grown woman now. Mm-hmm. You can do this. You can you can do some uncomfortable things. And and that that's the thing too. It was a, it's a slippery slope for us because 
it is possible to love the Lord, to, mm-hmm. to serve him, but still do it in the lens of I'll do it, God, but I need to be comfortable while I do mm-hmm. it and still mm-hmm. not get the full potential of what he has for us. And so it took years for me to come to that place, years yeah. of being un- uncomfortable and hiding in fear and all of those things. But that's really, that was really the heart behind it. Yeah. So why even do it? Like why even step out into what's uncomfortable like if you feel comfortable yeah. and you're good and like, or you know what? Or yeah. what if, what if it's comfortable, but you're still not even in a good state of mind? Like, do you right. think that's a possible thing? Like mm-hmm. to be comfortable, but, and that's what keeps you from stepping out. Yeah. But yet, even though you're quote unquote comfortable, you're still actually kind of like maybe irritable. Maybe you're mm-hmm. depressed. Maybe you're, um, you know, anxious, you know, overwhelmed, right? So how can you relate like we feel those things yet we say that we're comfortable Mm -hmm. and how do we get in that space in our minds to just jump out and just do it? Yeah. Okay. So it's a great question. I do. One of the answers I have is maybe not the answer that everybody loves, but Mm -hmm. it's what I realized um, that I felt was from the Lord and what I knew in my own heart is that we can make a lot of excuses of why we we need to be comfortable. And sometimes it's anxiety and overwhelm, and those are real things in our life. Sometimes yeah. it's fear, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But the only way, and I really believe it, the only way you'll ever push me on those feelings and get to that uncomfortable place is to allow your motivation to change. Mm. So, And your motivation simply has got to be bigger than yourself. It, yeah. It's when your motivation becomes uh, the this thing being about more about other people than it is about you. Because yeah. if you think about it, on the other side of every uncomfortable step you take is the potential to change somebody else's life in yeah. the simplest of ways from a uh, making the excuse to be too overwhelmed, too busy, too overworked to sit down and have coffee with a friend. Mm-hmm. But, and when the root of it is, I'm just kind of uncomfortable. I don't know what the conversation is going to look like. But what if you show up and you take that step beyond your comfort zone, sit down face-to-face with that friend, and that is the moment when you have the conversation that literally helps this person in a way that's mm. so much bigger than you. Yeah. Our motivation, we, we don't really have a motivation to change until our motivation becomes about other people more than it is just about us. That's so good because, yeah, I think we get in these ruts of, well, me, 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 me. Yeah. And <laughs> But really, if we just realize that we do have something to offer other people, and I think that's what gets us kind of held back. It's like, what, what, what do I have to offer? anybody like I'm barely making it myself how am I going to offer anything to anybody but we we do and we can and we have to realize we have to realize that within ourselves and maybe that's part of getting yourself healthy you need to get yourself healthy so that you can realize you are a rock star and you do have something to offer other people and they need it and if you're not being your best you you have nothing to offer other people so it's important that you do that yeah. That's so, um, so good, Kelly. It's so it's so true. Sometimes having nothing to offer and barely making it yourself is the exact thing somebody else needs to know. But yeah. you showed up anyways, even though you're feeling these very real things that you're struggling with in life. That that gives somebody else that ability to say, okay, if you can, I can too. Mm-hmm. So, and then let's go at this together. Yeah, so yeah. Good. Okay, in your book you mention um, sticky people. Yes. And um, how it's important. And I what chapter is this? I'm going to look it up, look it up real quick. Bear with me. It is 
Oh, let's get sticky. Chapter seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talk about being sticky with people because you gotta, you have to live your life with other people. You have to live your yeah. life in relationship. Ups and downs, highs and lows, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. You have to find those people that you can be sticky with. And one thing that I have really found in my life that helps me to live my best day-to-day life is putting myself out there um, with recognizing that I need a mentor. So how do you think that like being sticky, yeah, there's being sticky with your good friends Mm -hmm. and that's super important. But what do you think about like being sticky with somebody either as a mentor or um, being sticky and putting yourself out there to receive the mentorship. Yeah. Like, how can you relate that to being sticky with people? Yeah. So I we're naturally bent to, well, strong women especially, or just we're meant to solve problems ourselves. When you're a mom, you kind of learn, okay, mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to make everything in this household work <sighs> and, yes. you know, add in <laughs> 10 different things at the same time and just do it all. So we learn to manage really well. Yeah. But what we... What we don't realize sometimes is that we manage so well that we just don't let ourselves go deep with people. We yeah. don't. Um, but the moment things happen in our life and we're all going to come face-to-face with moments that we're not going to be able to manage, when you find yourself not surrounded by people who you can get wisdom from mm-hmm. or who you can pour your heart out to, it, it's a lonely world. Yeah. You know? And so we need the wisdom of other people. We were meant to live life together. Yeah. And the whole thing about mentoring, you know, I get asked the question a lot, who who mentored you? Who was mm-hmm. that monumental person in your life? And the reason that I put that in Courageously Uncomfortable was that I really didn't have it. Yeah. But I saw that as the, the huge problem in my life, the huge missing link in my life. I didn't have it because I didn't allow it. To, I didn't allow people to get close enough to me. What yeah. if they find out who I really am? What yeah. if they know the truth about what I'm feeling? What if they know all these things that I have done? And I just didn't allow it. So I was void of those kind of relationships. But now we can go so much further. You can go quicker. You can stay in this whole game of life for the long haul with people by your side. And so yeah. I believe you always have to have a mentor in front of you and you always have to be looking over your shoulder saying, who am I pulling behind me and who am I pouring myself into? You're never, you're not ever unqualified to do that. Mm -hmm. The college student can look behind her at the middle schooler. God bless those middle school girls. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Just wanting to go back to that stage of life. (laughs) The young adult looks back at college. We just have always have something behind us and someone in front of us that we we need to, but we have to be so intentional about that. Those relationships don't happen on their own. And I say Mm -hmm. sticky because it, you know, the bad sticky in my life was just that my kids were sticky every moment of every day and I just didn't like it. But the good sticky is when you stick with people through the hard stuff of life. Yeah. And then there you realize that not only are you doing that for someone and it takes time and energy and it can be draining, but when you need it, somebody's there for you. Yes, that's so good. And not only do we have to kind of get over our fear of like them knowing all about us because that's mm-hmm. that's life. We're all going to have things that we may think that we shouldn't share but we really should but also we kind of have to get over this like complex of oh I I don't want to ask them I don't want to bother them I don't want to like when you're when you need to reach out for help and you need to reach out for a mentor yourself like I think that sometimes what holds us back is putting ourselves out there right and we just I mean Mm -hmm. what's your advice for putting (laughs) yourself out there like you you mentor a lot of women Mm -hmm. 
So what are your thoughts that maybe go through your head? And maybe this can help other people put themselves out there. When somebody asks for you to be their mentor. Yeah. Like if someone were to say, Lisa, I just need a mentor. Like yeah. what, it, what, it, what goes through your mind and yeah. how do you want to help? Well, I mean... I'm like anybody else. Sometimes I think, well, how am I going to squeeze that into an already busy schedule? What I've already decided in my life, but a lot of it is that's what I do. I do mentor a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I'll always meet with somebody one-on-one at least one time and say, okay, let's get together for coffee. Let's chat so that I can understand a little bit more about what they need. And then if I can't fit that role to help someone, I I always try to be a connector and see who can. But I think everybody is worthy of an hour of your time if you can do it you know and there's not too many of us who could say oh 12 people are trying to meet with me today I'm not that popular (laughs) nobody I don't know who is yeah there are people out in the world they can't do that Rachel Hollis she doesn't get the luxury of that anymore (laughs) but for the average person that's on here we all have an hour of our time to give to meet someone we're not committing ourselves to a year-long process Mm -hmm. but if God is speaking to you to do that, then obedience is your next step. And God is going to provide all the details of your time and your schedule and all the things that are necessary. So I just keep an open heart to it. Mm -hmm. And and I find that God really is working it out where where the right people are. I'm connected with the right people at the right time. Yeah. Um, And I always think when I mentor someone, I go into it knowing I have a lot to learn from mm. this person. So maybe this mm. person needs wisdom and guidance from me and they they need a little bit of direction, but there is something for me yeah. to take in, in my own heart and a perspective that I need to learn from that person. And in that, I think, okay, when I'm going to spend some time with this person, I'm going to grow. Mm. I'm not just giving, I'm growing. And again, that's part of life that we should be actively engaged in on a consistent basis in our life. Yeah, and that's really good because I think that's, that can maybe bring relief if you're struggling to put yourself out there to know that I may be seeking help, but I still have a lot to offer and I'm worthy of this help. Mm-hmm. And to just be able to let that be your comfort. And what's the worst they can do is say, you know, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I am so swamped right now. Like, it's not like anyone's ever going to look at yeah. you and be like, um, no, you know, uh-huh. like that. And, and you just, yeah for the sake of living your best day-to-day life, why would you not just put yourself out there yeah. and and get help or put yourself out there and be the help and be the it's mentorship? so true. I always yeah. tell people, you have to stop answering somebody else's question. Your mm. question is to put out there and say, do you have some time to get together? But we create the answer in our mind already. Oh, this person's so busy. I know what they do. They're yeah. not going to have time. They're probably going to say no. They'd probably be irritated. You're answering their question. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. <enough> for them <laughs> to answer. Yeah. And, but we do that because I think at, somewhere in the bottom of our hearts, we're like, I'm going to be really uncomfortable if they say <laughs> that they can and now I've just committed myself to yeah. what I what maybe I know I need but I'm still uncomfortable now so, I have to actually share it yeah oh. so now I, I so, <laughs> so you give yourself you know I like to call it it's like that um it's like that chicken exit you know how you get to have you ever been like on a scary roller coaster ride yeah or, or oh. you're standing in line for a super scary <laughs> roller coaster ride yeah, yeah yeah and you get to the top and there's at the last minute you see like a chicken exit and you're like that's it. I thought I was going to do this, but now I'm not. I'm going to take this exit. Yeah. See you later. They even roller coaster. Yeah. So, but we do that in life. We get yeah. almost to where we need to be and we're, we're looking for the chicken exit. Yeah. Because we're scared. Yeah. When if you just 
if you had just gotten on that ride, mm-hmm. you would have survived it. You and, know? Not, and you would have grown. Like, I know right. that doesn't really fit the roller coaster metaphor, yeah. uh-huh. but you will grow, mm-hmm. like, putting yourself out there. And yeah. that's, I think, growth best day-to-day life if you're not growing how could you possibly live your best day-to-day life but even with people we're always looking for the chicken way out of having to do the hard things and the uncomfortable things and we have to stop that pattern in our life um yeah um okay so the next um step that I kind of talked about that will help with your day-to-day life because by the way I don't even know if I mentioned this so sorry but the reason I really wanted to talk about your best day-to-day life mm-hmm. is because I think that sometimes we get in this mindset of, oh, wow, I have a really great future. And, like, you know you have things to look forward to and that are going for you, going well, or, like, that in five to ten years you know you want to have or that you're going to have. But for some reason that's not enough to, like, fulfill your today. Like, you still feel hopeless or, yeah. or um, you know, which I, did, I, I guess I did mention that. But so the second thing that I kind of – spoke to as far as combating that is really digging into books or like reading something or listening to something that speaks to an area of your life that you want to grow in so as you're writing like courageously uncomfortable I'm going to have to assume that you like had to find an area that you wanted to grow in Mm -hmm. and how did you what did you feed yourself to be able to grow enough in that area to write something like this yeah I I really did switch the things that I was doing on a normal basis. So it's true, you will begin to act with the way that you fill your mind. And Mm -hmm. so when I started reading and watching and learning and listening about people who were successful or other people who would share a story about being afraid but still doing something uncomfortable, you know, and it's out there all around us. Um, I listen to lots of podcasts, Mm -hmm. I read books. If, If I'm not listening to a podcast or reading a book, or listening to a book that's unusual for me. What I, podcast always, do you really like to listen to? Well, right now, um, one of my favorite podcasts is um, Andy Andy Andrews. So he's a guy, and I'm listening to it because I'm also reading his book. So and mm-hmm. I'm reading his book. He's the one that wrote. Okay, so years ago, he wrote a book called the The Traveler's Gift. Mm-hmm. Do you re- do you remember that or know that? Mm-hmm. And then he wrote something called The Noticer, and but he wrote this really profound book, and it's such an easy read. So I'll tell your listeners just get listen to it or get the book it's called the seven decisions Hmm. but um and i it's a reread for me but this book is all about becoming um a decisive person and a person who takes action and a person Mm. when you start to even listen not even in the the christian world but just in in just let's look in the business world Mm -hmm. when you start looking at how people got where they are their successes they had to have some kind of courage and take action and um, I love the overcoming story of people who yeah, got from nowhere and nothing to something. And yeah. so those kind of things fuel my heart. And then you combine that with the Lord. And so yeah. then he just began to show me, he'll open up his Bible to you and his word comes alive if you're looking for it. Yes. And that's how the women in the Bible came alive to me as women who, they had to have been so uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, when... When Rahab went against her entire family to say, "Listen, we're going to follow these men. We don't e- we don't serve this God, but they do. We're going to follow them." That had to take so much courage to mm. stand up to her family. Yet she did it without knowing what the outcome is. And so, um, it we do constantly have to be filling our mind with good, good, solid things. And yeah. when you do that, you'll find you're hearing exactly what you need to hear. Yeah. So in the time leading up to 
writing courageously uncomfortable, I might not have been listening to everything on courage and being uncomfortable, but that's what I was hearing. You yeah. Know, like you, everybody can hear the same message, but this person heard this line and this person heard that. Yeah. It's because God is getting you what you need to hear. That's so good. And, and that takes the pressure off. Yeah. Like we don't always have to worry about picking the perfect thing, mm-hmm. but like when we get, when we get oh, yeah. what we need. And I, I just so love how you, you picked something that had to do with being decisive, mm-hmm. making decisions, yes. just doing it, mm-hmm. just do it. <laughs> yeah. I just talked with, <laughs> I just talked with her before this. Like I just had to pump myself up with the Shia LaBeouf, just do it, <laughs> right? right? So you picked something that's like just mm-hmm. do it, mm-hmm. um, and you read books, you listened mm-hmm. to podcasts, like, and that fueled it. And yeah. I think that's really important to make sure we're getting in the habit of doing that. Mm-hmm. So I love that that you even have a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I also believe that sometimes you have to invest in yourself. When mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to write a book, I gave myself ways to not get out of it. I went to a, a writer's conference. Mm-hmm. I put the word out there that I was going to do this. So I became accountable to yeah. some people. So I didn't just keep the thought to myself so that I could exit out of it really easily. Chicken Nobody exit. would ever know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm trying to leave the exit the chicken exit from my life yeah. <laughs> and so you have to do that you have to make yourself accountable to people let yeah. them know your dreams and goals sometimes and what you're doing so that you don't make it so easy for yourself to quit yeah we that's just make so it good too easy to quit that's so good I mean I was just talking to Garrett in the car and I was like man if I had already just publicly told everybody that I'm making a podcast like right. well, goodness I wouldn't you know but I did so you're so right like yeah. once you take that step of holding yourself accountable like But that's good because you need to be pushed. We just do out of our comfort zone. We have to be courageously uncomfortable. So that's really good. Um, Okay, the last thing, and then it doesn't have to be the last, last thing. Like I want to, I really want to hear like maybe your most favoriteest thing from the book ever. But the last thing that I really think is important as far as living your best day-to-day life Mm -hmm. is um, finding a new purpose. And this is such a hard topic to even cover because it's like how do we find a new purpose and I kind of shared my story about I went to college for five years and like my purpose was like survive (laughs) so seriously my purpose was pass the semester live in the chaos of family and college survive and then I graduated and started a job in August and suddenly Like I had no purpose. Like I know that sounds crazy because shouldn't my purpose be my classroom of 25 kids, but it just wasn't doing it. And so like, and I think a calling and a purpose are two different things. I'm called to be a teacher, but like for some reason having no purpose or seemingly no purpose, it didn't feel like I did really led me to a really sad mental health state. Right. So what about, I can't decide if, well, do you have any advice, like, as far as finding a new purpose? Because that can be so hard yeah. to do. And if not, then... Yeah, I think we, we, what I've learned probably now in my wisdom of getting a little bit older is that we make it way too difficult, mm-hmm. as if there's this singular purpose, and if we miss it, our life is wrecked forever. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that that's what it is. Calling purpose, we can look at them sort of interchangeably. Like, I think... Yeah. We're people, the Lord created us and put us here in this world for a purpose, first and foremost, to love and serve him. Yeah. That we, we all are called to that very same thing yeah. and to serve people. Mm-hmm. But the calling that's unique to you, the calling that's unique to me, 
that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. I, the way I get to walk it out is so unique for me, and it's the very same way for you. But there isn't just one way. Yeah. But this is what I think it what your calling will be, and it won't be. If it's super comfortable for you, that's not really your calling. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like a gift that God put in you that you can do really, really well. Mm-hmm. So if you could be gifted in the classroom, and that's great, but his calling I I believe will truly stretch and grow you mm. into a place that's uncomfortable because to fulfill those purposes and keep going forward with it, you're going to have to be a little bit uncomfortable and you're going to need God to like energize you through it. A podcast that makes you uncomfortable, but you know yeah. that he still <laughs> wants you to do it. That is such a calling and a purpose that he has for you mm-hmm. in your life beyond what you're already doing. And you need mm-hmm. him to be right in the middle of this with you to keep you going. And that's so unique to you. Mm-hmm. I, I've, other people don't have to start a, a podcast, but yeah. you, but you have no idea that when you do the lives that are going to be touched and changed or, um, a guest you're going to connect with. I have mm-hmm. no idea what's in front of you, but I believe it's going to be amazing. So I think that oh, thank that um, calling it can't he he'll reroute you and your life and move you into the directions that you need to go. But if your refusal to get uncomfortable happens, you could miss some some pretty great purposes that he has for you on this earth. You'll get to the end of yeah. your life and and be like, wow, I survived it. Thank you, yeah. God. But I don't think our goal as believers Mm-mm. anymore is survival. I, I, I it's know. not me in the classroom. Yeah, you can't just survive. It's just it, <laughs> nothing is bare minimum like that. At the end, we really do want to say, I gave it all I had. I, I did way more than just survive to the very end of this. And that that's when God does his best work within us. Yeah. It's when we come alive in that way. Yeah. And so kind of what I hear you saying is like, if we kind of dig deep, mm-hmm. embrace that deepness, embracing the deep, embracing the embrace deep. that deep. Mm-hmm. And we all know it's there. We all know that you probably have a thought that's like coming to your mind right now of that mm-hmm. thing that maybe will bring you that purpose that you're looking for, mm-hmm. but it makes you uncomfortable. So you're like, that's not it. No, that is it. Right. It's like, like you just said, if it's not making you uncomfortable, it's probably not going to bring you as much fulfillment as you would think or that you would hope. So kind of what I hearing you hear kind of what I hear you say is to find that purpose or maybe possibly find it is dig deep. Think of that thing that you really feel being impressed on your heart mm-hmm. and that probably makes you uncomfortable yeah. and start the steps towards doing it. It's true. And yeah. it will be if you're willing to admit it, it'll be recurring in your life because yes. God will, you'll, see, <laughs> you'll see it on the commercial, you'll hear it in the song, and you'll hear it on a podcast. A friend and will mention it. it. In a book. Yeah. It will be recurring because yeah. Almighty God knows how to get you what He wants you to hear. Yes. And so if your heart is is open and in the right place, you're not going to hear the wrong thing from yeah. him. So you can stop saying, I don't really know if this is God. I don't really know if I should do this. I don't, I'm just waiting on him. No, he is waiting on you yeah. to finally say, yes, I yes. hear you, God, let's go. Because yeah. if you move in, the, I, I love to say this, and you hear me say this a lot to women in just in the classroom setting. If you move in the wrong direction with the right heart, God is using that, and He mm. just gives you a gentle turn mm-hmm. when He needs you to. But it's, not, it's like not, a GPS reroute. Yeah, he's what? not gonna. He's not slamming a gavel down on your head because when your heart is open, you don't really hear the wrong things. Yeah. You might you might go the long way to get there, mm-hmm. but you're still gonna get where He wants you to go. But yeah. you're not if you're not moving. Mm-hmm. You're going nowhere. So good. Such practical practical advice mm-hmm. for best day to day life. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, let me just ask. This went by so fast. Like, yeah, so fast. I, oh, <laughs> I love conversations with Lisa. Like, you can find her at Faith Church. <laughs> like, join our church. Like, if you want more of Lisa Goins, because she's amazing. Um, but real quick, I really want to hear, like, if you were to just give our listeners really your favorite chapter, your f- most favorite thing to encourage our listeners mm-hmm. with, like, what, what would that be? Okay, so I think I know it's, it's hard to pick. You wrote the whole book. Hard, it's hard to pick, but I think I might pick what's coming to mind is something that I put at the end of every chapter. So it was a question that said, what girl do you want to be? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's based off the She Knew quotes, and it's just being about a girl who knows who she is in Christ. But mm-hmm. what I what is just on my heart is how you have to decide what girl you want to be or you're going to become the girl that you never planned on being. Mm. So when I was the one without any direction, stopping everything in fear, not then I was just making all the wrong decisions and ending up where I never wanted to be in mm-hmm. the first place. So mm-hmm. what I realized is that I don't want to be a girl whose whose decisions are led by fear. Yeah. I want it to be backed by faith and the power, a uh, different power working within me. Mm. I don't want to be the girl who is indecisive all the time and who just gets from year to year thinking, well, I wish I would have tried that or I was going to do that, but oh well, or I, I yeah. don't, that's not the girl I want to be. So yeah. I, what girl do you want to be then? So mm. when you know who you want to be, then you can make some decisions to move forward and become that girl. Yeah. And Courageously Uncomfortable is about all of those things. Decide who you want to be and then watch yourself be her as mm-hmm. you take a step. Write it down. Wow. I encourage you to write it down. <laughs> Figure out who yes. you want to be. Mm-hmm. Like what girl do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And and being able to listen to Lisa and have that encouragement yeah. weekly for me has really put me in a state of mind to really think about that and even put it on paper. What girl do I want to be? Yeah. Do I want to be the girl that looks back on her life and realizes, wow, I... I was too consumed in myself that I thought that drinking wine on my couch every single night was all that I could possibly have in life. Do I want to be that girl or do I want to be the girl that says, no, like there's something more than what I'm feeling inside right now, than the despair and the hopelessness that I'm feeling. There's something more mm-hmm. and I'm, I refuse to let it go on any longer. And, 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 and am I going to be the girl that takes the step. I'm not saying that you have to be the girl that, yep, I conquered it right away. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's realistic, but to be the girl that at least wanted to take the steps and be and do the uncomfortable thing in order to be the girl that you want to be. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. And so I'll say this because I know you have listeners out there that are become paralyzed and what if I get it wrong and I don't decide to be the right thing? That mm. isn't what it's about. It's like, mm. what, what do you... What do you want to be today? And then as you become that, God is going to add a little bit more. When I was Lisa, a business owner who Mm -hmm. started a business, that took a lot of courage for me. And then I decided I wanted to be Lisa, the author, the one who met that goal and that dream. Mm -hmm. And, but I don't do that. And I stop. Then it's, then who are you, who do you, what are you going to add to that? You, you just, so you can't get it wrong, but you have to plan on being something more than who you are today so yeah so figure out figure out what that looks like for you today mm-hmm. and move towards that and and that's a beautiful place to live that's a, that's a that's to me is a good day-to-day life perfect with some coffee and m&m yeah. <laughs> like uh, yeah, 
Of course. You guys, you can get Courageously Uncomfortable on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, on Amazon. You can come to Faith Church, and I'm sure that yeah. Lisa has a million copies just sitting yeah. right there. Uh, they're here at the church. They're also <laughs> on my personal website, which is lisajgoens.com. Perfect. Well, thank you for cutting out your time to just Absolutely. share with my listeners and and help me on this new adventure of starting a podcast. And it's really uncomfortable. So <laughs> thanks here. for being that rock as I'm I step into uncomfortable. Biggest, I'm a big <laughs> Kelly Finn Cannon fan. Yay. So I will be on the sideline cheering you on. Awesome. So, all right. It. All right, you guys. That's all for today. 